The deep state has been trying to overthrow our constitution for generations, and unfortunately, they're now closer than ever. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. One of the biggest obstacles to the deep state's plans has been our U.S. Constitution that drastically limits the power and the scope of the federal government. And uh, for, for many years, they actually used liberals to try to advance the agenda of having a constitutional convention. They, they promoted this from the left-wing side. Well, that didn't work. And so now they have started targeting conservatives. Now, I want to start off uh, at the beginning by being clear that I know many wonderful conservatives, liberty-minded, God-fearing patriots, who love this country, who love our Constitution, who, in my view, quite unfortunately, have been sucked into this constitutional convention idea. Um, it's uh, very, very sad to see, and we absolutely must uh, resist it. But, you know, I want to be clear that I don't believe that everybody who's bought into this agenda is uh, is an, an agent of the deep state or even a dupe of the deep state. It's just, uh, you know, they haven't heard the full truth about what's going on. All right. Well, one of the things I want to show you is that deep state characters are absolutely involved in pushing this agenda. They call it in different things, an Article 5 convention, a convention of states. And, you know, for all I know, the, the leaders of this movement may even be well-meaning. I, I have my suspicions. I've heard uh, some of their key leaders say things that are absolutely untrue uh, and things that are demonstrably untrue to the point where they're either completely ignorant and have no business being involved in politics or they're being dishonest. And, you know, that's a, a very serious problem. We know who the father of lies is. But I want to start by showing you um, just a little bit from the 990s, you know, the, the, the forms that organizations are required to file. Uh, we know quite a bit about what's going on there. One of the things we don't know is where all these millions of dollars in funding for this agenda are coming from. Uh, we've looked through their form 990s and we don't know. We know there's massive money and I mean massive money. They're paying huge sums to people to get on board this agenda. Uh, I want to show you one very clear example. They actually targeted Rush Limbaugh. They were talking about raising millions of dollars to get Rush Limbaugh to endorse their idea. Now, unfortunately, Rush Limbaugh said no, but I want to show you this clip real quick so you can get a sense of what's going on. He says, is it time to talk with Rush and get him on board? I'll tell you, Dave, we have. We've reached out to Rush. Let me tell you how it works for Rush. It's $2.25 million commitment just to get him to talk about talking about something. And we had a donor who stepped up who was willing to do a big chunk of that. And we went to Rush's people and Rush's people thought he would be interested in this. We were really excited. We thought we were going to get with Rush. And Rush said, mm, just not on my radar right now. All right. Uh, another individual who got a uh, big payout from the uh, Convention of States was Mark Levin. We're talking upwards of $600,000. Uh, another individual was Jim DeMint, the former U.S. Senator from South Carolina. Uh, he went on to go lead the Heritage Foundation, was ousted from there. And uh, he actually said something interesting. He was at a Republican meeting and he said publicly that he was not being paid. He was just an unpaid volunteer for the Convention of States movement. Watch this. But there's another thing I've talked to this group about before. I just want to give you a quick update. Uh, it's the Convention of States. I mean, the Constitutional Article 5. I don't work for these guys. These don't, they don't pay me. I, I do it as a volunteer because I can pay for 20 years in Washington. They're going to keep spending until they run out. So you just heard Jim DeMint say, that he was not being paid. Well, he was being paid. We know from his 990 forms that in 2017, 2018, he was paid almost $150,000. Now, um, 
That may not be a lot in the circles that Jim DeMint runs in, but it's several times what an average American earns in a year. And it's certainly not nothing. It's certainly not an unpaid volunteer. We did an article about it at The New American, and uh, we reached out to uh, former Senator DeMint for comment. He did not respond. And then after we published, uh, one of his aides sent us a note saying that, oh, no, what uh, what DeMint said was totally accurate because he was paid in 2017 and 2018, but in 2019 he wasn't paid, so then he was an unpaid volunteer, which, uh, you know, that's interesting. But uh, we see this pattern that just recurs over and over again. One of the big uh, conservative superstars that the COS people constantly claim endorsed their idea for having a convention of states or a constitutional convention was uh, the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, a true patriot. Uh, but despite what they claim, he absolutely did not endorse their agenda. At one time, he you know he made a, a throwaway comment where you know maybe it could be a good idea just to scare the politicians. But later, he very clearly and very unequivocally said, "No, this is a very bad idea to have a constitutional convention." I want to show you this clip. Check it out. Um, I, I certainly would not want a constitutional convention. I mean, whoa! <laughs> Who knows what would come out of that? And I mean, folks, again, the, the pattern that's so typical with the deep state where lies and, and obfuscation and dirty tricks are used is just constant. I want to show you an interview I did with a friend of mine, uh, Representative Dorothy Moon from Idaho. Uh, she, she got all these petitions signed by people that she knew asking her to endorse a convention of states. She said, wait a minute, I, I know this person, right? They're, they're friends of mine. They're members of the John Birch Society. They didn't sign this, called them up. And it turns out, nope, no, actually, they did not sign. Watch. And so I started calling them, and sure enough, they had not signed them. And that was alarming to me that we, we now see fraud occurring on the proponents for a convention of states, and how many other letters have gone out. So this was just specifically to my District 8, um, and so by the time I'd gone through several of the letters, I noticed of the 110 that I received, and I didn't call on all of them because I'm thinking they're all fraudulent as far as I'm concerned. So who's putting fake signatures on petitions? And why would they do that, right? Why would you do that? Uh, another friend of mine, uh, Senator Teresa Manzella, uh, another individual we've had on this program, I want to show you what she said about what the COS people were doing. Uh, she, she actually has an open invitation. She's invited Mark Meckler, the head of the Convention of States operation, telling him that, hey, we want you to come for a debate to the Montana legislature to have a debate with Robert Brown. Uh, he is, of course, with the John Birch Society, and he's been uh, exposing this agenda for quite a long time, a very, very articulate defender of why this would be a bad idea. And um, listen to what Senator Manzella told me about what the COS people are doing. And so this time it was brought by another um stalwart conservative, uh, Senator Tom McGilvery. He's a very well-respected, and I respect the man tremendously, but, um, you know, we, we just have different views on this subject. And, um, of course, he learned early on that I was a proponent of the Convention of States, so I didn't get invited when they come into town and they wine and dine all the senators and take them out and expose them to their 40-minute PowerPoint presentation about how great the Convention of States is going to be and how, you know, they're going to be able to control it and and the rules that they've just basically made up. It appears to me that they just are kind of making the rules up as they go along. And, um, so by the time it got to the committee for the hearing, they had already developed a lot of support uh, for the issue and of course um, there were a lot there was a lot of proponents there a lot of citizens in the audience that were there to speak in favor of the convention of states 
And then um, there were opponents that were online on Zoom, zooming in from, you know, places near and far. And uh, it's hard, you know, that the, the Zoom provides a aspect of convenience for people, but it also is challenging. You just it's, it's hard to be as effective uh, when you're speaking and you can't even there's not a video component to it. Uh, so it's just your voice coming across and sometimes you sound like you're, you know, very far away. Sometimes you're very loud and, um, harsh and, and so anyway, um, anyway, we managed to kill it in the committee. And then of course, um, they blasted it out of committee. They, they waited until they had uh, enough support and they blasted it out of committee. And that was pretty hard on me. I felt, I felt pretty disrespected. So, folks, we've got this long pattern of, of just shady tactics. Now, another thing that you won't hear from the proponents of the COS is that George Soros, yes, that George Soros, deep state Dr. Evil extraordinaire, has been a leading financier of many of the groups and organizations and individuals seeking to promote a constitutional convention. Uh, consider Wolfpack. Uh, on its website, Wolfpack says that they want an Article 5 convention of the states because this is the best way to accomplish what they describe as their ultimate goal. Now, their ultimate goal, they say, is to restore true democracy in the United States by pressuring our state representatives to pass a much-needed 28th Amendment to our Constitution, which would end corporate personhood and publicly finance all elections in our country. Now, this is a radical left-wing group, folks. Um, of course, our founding fathers, people like James Madison, absolutely rejected the idea that the United States should be a pure democracy. They wanted America to be a republic where the rule of law coming from the Bible, God said thou shalt not steal, God said thou shalt not kill, that's why you have a right to life, a right to property, etc., um, that's what they thought should be the law, not whatever the mob says, whatever the majority says, whatever the democracy says. So they deliberately did not create a democracy. Now, this far-left group uh, is working very hard. In fact, they go on their website to say that they're working to inform the public by running television commercials, radio ads, social media, internet ads, using the media platform of the largest online news show in the world, The Young Turks, to promote this message, folks. Now, The Young Turks, if you're not familiar with The Young Turks, they're named after the genocidal maniacs who helped paved the way for the slaughter of millions of Christians in Turkey. Very interesting name for your show. Uh, and these people are big time promoting the Constitutional Convention. I want to show you a little clip here with uh, the guy who runs that, Senk Uyghur or whatever his name is, uh, who runs the Young Turks show, the Young Turk, uh, talking with Professor Lawrence Lessig, a key ally of Mark Meckler, the head of the Convention of States, where they're talking about the desirability or the alleged desirability of more runaway constitutional conventions. Watch this. I think that the fundamental problem in American politics is the corruption of our political system. And it's a corruption that makes it impossible for the left to get what the left wants and the right to get what the right wants. I think what most people are curious about is why is a convention the best way to approach it? Well, if you think that the fundamental problem is the cancer, the corruption that is Washington, um, we have to find a way to get around that corruption. And any system that says, let's go to Washington and get Washington to uh, propose an amendment to change the system is hopeless because they're never going to cure themselves of this cancer. You know, our original thought on this was that you attack enough politicians with concentrated money and send a message that if they oppose this, that they're going to be in trouble, pledged, Grover Norquist style, etc. Uh, why are you not as hopeful about that? Well, I, I wouldn't say I think it can't work. If you had enough money, you had enough fight, um, I think we should be doing that strategy too. So in my own kind of work, I 
push to support the Fair Elections Now Act, which I think is an imperfect way of solving it, but be better than nothing. But at the same time, I think we have to be moving a number of balls at the same time. And one of the things about a convention is that historically we know every time we've gotten close to a convention, Congress has been terrified. And Congress's terror manifests itself in reform that they think will staunch the effort for a convention. So I think that might actually be a way to make this happen here. Let's get close. Let's have a movement that says, pass a statute that creates the kind of citizen-funded election system we need. And those two things together might actually produce the change. I actually agree 100% with that. Uh, and one of the things that I came here to try to find out is if there was an, a better alternative. And my sense is that you're right, there is not a better alternative. That this is, There are many alternatives, but this is the best one. But then, you know, the concern that a lot of people had which I'm not sure that I share, but I wanted to get your take on it, is what if it's a runaway convention? So how do you address that? So I don't get the concern. It's a runaway convention. It proposes crazy ideas. We invade Canada. That's the proposed amendment. All right. A crazy idea gets sent out to the states. The states say, it's a crazy idea. Forget it. So I think we need to, we need to you know, be concerned and to balance the risks. On the one side, the risk of doing nothing is that we continue to have the destructive, corrupted government we have right now. If we try to do something, there's a risk of crazy amendments, but I don't think there's any danger that 38 states are going to there's no way the COS will become a runaway convention. We don't want a runaway convention. And yet when one of the key COS people is chatting with a left-wing proponent of COS, he says, oh yeah, long live runaway conventions, right? And we'll get back to the runaway convention thing in a moment. Uh, another deep state operative who has been critical in this whole movement is uh, Robert George, uh, who, by the way, is not a big fan of our Second Amendment as written. Uh, he's a university professor. He's also a board member of Convention of States Action, and he recently co-authored a new constitution for the United States. And just to give you a sense of where these people are at, uh, I want to read that to you. But first, uh, if you've been watching the show regularly, you're very familiar with the Council on Foreign Relations. In fact, according to Hillary Clinton, that's who tells her what she should be doing and how she should be thinking about the future. Watch. Uh, but it's good to have an outpost of the council right here down the street from the State Department. Uh, we get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have as far to go to uh, be told uh, what we should be doing and uh, how uh, we should uh, think about the future. All right, now back to Professor Robert George. Um, Meckler calls him the foremost conservative constitutional scholar in America. That's interesting. He works at Princeton University holding the endowed chair that Woodrow Wilson used to hold. Yes, I'm not kidding you. Yep, Wilson also was an advocate of dramatically altering our form of government to make it more like the socialist British system. Now, um, George, the CFR member, uh, he said he was fiercely opposed to the candidacy of Donald Trump in 2016. He said the efforts to uh, slow down the mass migration were unjust. Uh, and that probably helps explain a lot of why George's draft new Constitution for America, the so-called conservative Constitution, is actually quite the opposite of a conservative constitution. Uh, and as one very obvious example of that, I want to show you their draft changes to the Second Amendment. Listen to this. This is directly from the conservative constitution that a board member of Meckler's organization wants to foist on America. Here it is. Neither the states nor the United States shall make or enforce any law infringing on the right to keep and bear arms of the sort ordinarily used for self-defense and recreational purposes, 
provided that states in the United States and places subject to its general regulatory authority may enact and enforce reasonable regulations on the bearing of arms and the keeping of arms by persons determined with due process to be dangerous to themselves or others. In other words, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed unless the government thinks it ought to be infringed, in which case, infringe away. You have no Second Amendment. Sorry, folks, it only covers self-defense guns, so maybe your shotgun, maybe if the government decides you're allowed to have it, but other than that, you know, get rid of your AR-15s. Folks, this is the conservative constitution by the foremost conservative constitutional scholar, according to the head of Convention of States. This is what they are proposing, okay? This is their words. And the fact that this guy's a member of the CFR should tell you all that you need to know about where this agenda is coming from, folks. And again, I don't know Mark Meckler personally. I've run into him a few times at meetings. Uh, I know he really doesn't like us. He, he actually has lied about us repeatedly. Uh, he refuses to debate, I think, for, for very obvious reasons. But the invitation is always open, anytime, anyplace. Um, but, you know, I want to ask some questions and, and highlight some problems. Even if you take away the deep state component, there are some very real problems with this whole idea of a constitutional convention, right? The COS people tell us that Congress is outside of its constitutional box. Ah! Couldn't agree more. You are absolutely right. They're out of control. It's lawless. The Supreme Court's out of control. The Congress is out of control. The president is out of control. These people are maniacs and they're burning down our country. They absolutely must be restrained. But I have a question. If Congress is outside of its constitutional box, how in the world is passing a constitutional amendment to the Constitution they're already ignoring going to fix that problem? That would be interesting. Now, another thing that we hear often from the COS people is, well, the states are going to run this. We're going to bypass Congress to have this constitutional convention. And that would be really nice if it were true. But it's not. Uh, in fact, if you read the text of the Constitution, in Article 5 in particular, you'll find that Congress is actually going to call the convention and set the rules. Now, who's currently running Congress? Well, we've got Nancy Pelosi. We've got the Democrats, Chuck Schumer, and, and the Republicans. I mean, if the Republicans take charge, then we'll be in good hands, right? We'll have people like Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. Oh, wait a minute. No. What are we thinking? Right? This is crazy, folks. You trust these people to put their grimy mitts on our Constitution? Do you see any James Madisons around? Do you see any George Washingtons around that are going to give us a great Constitution? Come on, folks. Give me a break, right? We all know there are no James Madisons and George Washingtons around. Now, this idea of a runaway convention, I mean, we already showed you Lawrence Lessig talking about how great runaway conventions are, but uh, the COS people assure us there will be no runaway conventions because, after all, the COS applications focus on specific things. Well, that's interesting. Let's talk about that for a moment because we actually have some precedent here. Uh, our Articles of Confederation, uh, the founding fathers and, and many other people of the era viewed them as deficient in some ways, and so they actually sent delegates to start an amendment process. They wanted to amend the Articles of Confederation. They were authorized to propose a few amendments to this Articles of Confederation. What did they end up doing? They threw it in the trash. Okay, and they wrote a, a new constitution. Now, praise God, that was a great constitution. We had wonderful people there, and we ended up with probably the greatest constitution to have ever existed in human history. But do we have that kind of people today? Do we have that kind of society today? Are we going to end up with a constitution that's better than the one we have? I submit to you that the answer is self-evidently no, right? In fact, that's ludicrous. But then they say, oh, don't worry, because if they propose dumb amendments, then the states will stop it, right? The Constitution says three-fourths of the states have to approve whatever changes come out of this convention. And that's true. And that would be, at least in theory, a very good check on the possibility that this convention would go crazy and propose really dumb things. But now stop and think for a minute. 
Okay. When they met to amend the Articles of Confederation, the Articles of Confederation required unanimous consent among all the states to be able to change it. What did the new Constitution require? Three-fourths of the states. And so what happened? When three-fourths of the states considered the Constitution ratified, it was considered ratified. So what would stop the lunatics running Congress and the executive branch and the Supreme Court today from saying, hey, we've got precedent here. You know, they did it before. Why can't we do it again? Let's just change the mode of ratification to uh, 50% plus one. And then if the American people vote that we should change our constitution, then we'll change our constitution. And if you thought the 2020 election was bad, wait until you see what these people would do. And, you know, even if you give them all these things, even if you accept all their arguments at face value, what happens if there's a mass shooting? before this, right? Oh, well, we can't have a Second Amendment like that. What about all these lunatics calling for hate speech legislation to, you know, free speech is fine, but you can't say things that we don't like because that would be hateful, right? You think our First Amendment, you think our Second Amendment are going to survive intact? And the, the whole premise, guys, is ridiculous, right? They're saying we need a convention of states to limit the power and the jurisdiction of the federal government. The Constitution already limits the power and the jurisdiction of the government. Read it, Right, go to Article 1, Section 8. Those are the powers that Congress has, and they have no other powers. So the problem is that they're not obeying the Constitution. And if you talk to the COS supporters, again, many of them are well-meaning. Some of them are, are good friends of mine. I, I love a lot of these people. But yes, so, so what's wrong with the Constitution? Why do you think we need a convention to change the Constitution? What is the specific defect in our Constitution that you think needs to be fixed? They say, well, the Supreme Court's out of control. Yeah, absolutely it is. What part of the Constitution authorizes them to be out of control? No part. Right? Well, the Congress is out of control. Well, of course they are. What part of the Constitution authorizes that? No part. So the problem is not the Constitution, folks. If the problem is not the Constitution, how can the solution be changing the Constitution? Now, the Convention of States people actually did a mock convention in 2016. They had a simulation where they brought conservative Republican legislators from across the country to have a Convention of States, a mock Convention of States, just to show everybody that it was going to be totally safe and totally fine. Mind you, liberals, Democrats, not invited, uh, not part of it, right? Uh, and yet, what happened when only conservatives got together to amend the Constitution? Well, believe it or not, they increased the size and scope of government. And they also added language in there that implies that the regulatory agencies and their decrees have the force of law in this country. Folks, so it's a dangerous very dangerous proposition, folks. Uh, lots of leftists are hoping for a con-con. In fact, they originally tried to push this through with the leftists, and you need to be aware of that, folks. The leftists want their hands on our Constitution desperately. I want to show you a, a map of the states that have already passed this COS resolution. Uh, as we're doing this, uh, South Dakota was just a major victory. They managed to stop it there. But uh, just in recent weeks, uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska both fell. So folks, I ask you to please get involved. Okay, This is critical. Best case scenario, right? absolute best case scenario, they have a convention. We risk it all. Our Constitution is on the line and nothing happens. Or we get some new amendments for Congress to ignore and nothing happens. Worst case scenario, we lose our Constitution. They put in a new one. All of the abusive behavior that we've seen from the government over the last few generations becomes legal. Right now, we have the advantage. Right now, all of this madness that's coming out of the Supreme Court, that's coming out of Congress, that's coming out of the executive branch is illegal and unconstitutional. What happens if they manage to legalize it all? We will never return to freedom again. See, right now, we're in the right. Right now, we are upholding the supreme law of the land. They are violating it. If they get their hands on it and replace it, the tables are turned. Okay. If you live in a state with an active application, 
Call up your state representative, call up your state senator and say, we need to rescind this application immediately. We cannot take that kind of risk with our founding document, with the charter of our government. There's no chance we'll get something as good. If you live in a state that does not have an active call, call up your state representative and tell them to hold the line. And if your state representative ignores you, if they say, no, we got to pass the COS because the COS people have a lot of money and they're threatening to primary me, say, well, hey, I'm going to primary you, right? This is unacceptable. Uh, one place you can find a lot of resources, go to jbs.org forward slash concon. Lots of resources, lots of information. You can contact your legislators directly. Also, if you have not seen Robert Brown's presentation on this, uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. And folks, you know, to be clear, we agree with the COS people. The federal government's out of control. We agree with the COS people. It is essential that we find a solution. The real difference of opinion is, do we change the Constitution or do we get them to follow the Constitution? Now you're thinking, well, how are we going to make Congress follow the Constitution? Well, one real powerful way to do it is to use nullification, right? Use Article 6, not Article 5. Our state governments have the ability right now to say, no, that's unconstitutional. We're not going to accept that. We're not going to enforce it. You know, there are so many tools within the Constitution to save our country. If we give up our Constitution, if we put it all on the line, there's a very real chance that the deep state will succeed in its multi-generational effort to get rid of our Constitution, that giant roadblock in the way of total power. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you go to thenewamerican.com, sign up for the magazine, sign up for the newsletter. Also, go follow us on Rumble and some of the other platforms because the fascists and totalitarians that run the big tech companies hate us just as much as they hate you. Thanks again for watching. Until next time, God bless you all. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit like, hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos. And also please make sure to share this video with your friends. Email's a great way to do it. Remember, there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country. We need to work together, expose those behind the deep state. Otherwise, you can kiss your liberties goodbye.